This afternoon's scripture is taken from John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Good afternoon and welcome again to our worship service. We are glad to close out this day with an afternoon service. And it has been a great day at Olive Branch. And for, I think, those of us that are members here on a regular basis, we can uh, certainly take comfort in knowing that our expectations have been realized. And we appreciate all of the hard work, the labor, and the prayers that have gone into making this a very special day. And it is our plea that uh, we might continue to move forward. It might be the case that some who have been present today might be in the process of looking for a church home again. And if that be the case, then we would love to have them or you come and be a part of our work here on a regular basis. In our study this afternoon, we're going to be looking at John, the 14th chapter. And let me just very quickly say how much we appreciate each and every person that prepared food and that, uh, I think, decorated the Fellowship Hall, made everything so presentable. We appreciate your efforts, and we appreciate so much the great food and the fellowship that was enjoyed by so many people. We had, I guess, a record crowd stay for lunch today, and there was plenty of food to go around, and all of that was made possible by you. And so for that, we do deeply appreciate that. In our study tonight, I want us to think for just a few moments about some words of assurance given by Jesus found in John chapter 14, and we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 3. A moment ago, we sang the song, Blessed Assurance, and really I think that is a very accurate title for our lesson this afternoon. Because each and every one of us, as members of the family of God, have great assurances. And so, in conclusion to our meeting together today, I want us to close out by thinking for just a few moments about what Jesus had to say relative to that heavenly home that awaits us. The first thing that I call your attention to in our study together has to do with the fears that were expressed by those with whom Jesus interacted. Now bear in mind that Jesus is approaching the cross in this context. And so in the latter part of chapter 13, Jesus makes a statement that no doubt arouses concern among his disciples. In verse 33, Jesus said, Little children... I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, where I am going, you cannot come. So now I say to you. And then in verse 36, John records the exchange between Jesus and the apostle Peter. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? 
Jesus answered him, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why cannot I follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. Jesus answered him, Will you lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, The rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. Now, it is with that backdrop in mind that we think about the fears of those disciples of our Lord. And so Jesus said in verse 1 of chapter 14, Let not your heart be troubled. I think it's comforting, encouraging to know that Jesus is mindful of our fears, our phobias, our distresses, if you please. Jesus certainly understood the anxiety that rested on the hearts of those who were following him. And so he could, in a very simplistic and succinct way, state, let not your heart be troubled. But then I want you to think also of their faith. That is, the faith that they were called upon to demonstrate. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Here we have a divine plea given by Jesus Christ. Now Jesus is talking to these men, the very individuals that have anxiety in their hearts. Jesus has already said, I'm going away. And where I go, you cannot follow me now. Well, it is in that context that Jesus says, you believe in God, believe also in me. Who was Jesus? Jesus, as you know, according to the Apostle John, was the Logos, that is, that eternal word that has existed from the very beginning of time. He is the second member of the Godhead. John introduces him in chapter 1 by saying, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And then to show the great power that rested in the second member of the Godhead, John said, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And so Jesus here invites these people to put their trust, their faith in him. After all, he is deity. He was the word who became flesh, John 1 verse 14. He is called the Lamb of God in John 1 verse 29. He is referred to as the bread of life. In John 6, verse 48. He is called the light of the world in John 8, at verse 12. He is called the true vine, John 15, verse 1. He is the resurrection and the life, John chapter 11. He is the good shepherd, John 10, at verse 11. And so this is the one that is inviting these men to put their faith, their trust in him. You remember what Jesus said to the people of his day, recorded in the book of John, chapter 8? He said, except you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. 
Why was it imperative that they maintain faith or fidelity in the Lord? Well, look at verse 6. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And so they needed to have faith, deep faith in the Lord. But then there's a third thing that we see in this text. And this has to do with some facts. Now listen, if you would, to what Jesus says. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Now here Jesus is setting forth a divine declaration. In short, he is saying, listen, in my Father's house are many mansions. That is, he is assuring disciples of all ages that there is a prepared place for them. Now think for a moment about your dwelling place, your home, your place of abode. Most of us are proud of the place we live. We're grateful to live in such a beautiful home. We think about the rich furnishings that adorn our home. And yet Jesus has promised to prepare for us an eternal abiding place. That's a fact. Can you believe it? Absolutely. Can you bank on it? You better believe you can. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, said, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. Now Luke tells us in chapter 1 of the book of Acts that Jesus ascended to heaven. He is now seated at the right hand of God the Father. Well, this same Jesus that has ascended to heaven is now preparing for us an eternal abiding place. And so you and I, we take great comfort in knowing that. But then there is a fourth thing that we see in this lesson text. And this has to do with our future. Jesus said, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Now this brings to mind the fact that, one of, that each and every one of us are going to spend eternity somewhere. The question is, where will we spend eternity? Jesus said to those who are his followers, Look, I'm going away, and I'm going to prepare for you an eternal abiding place. A place that we talked about this morning, based on Revelation chapter 21. A very beautiful place. I've seen some very beautiful and extravagant homes across this country. Homes that I cannot imagine how individuals could afford. And yet, those homes pale in comparison to this heavenly home. And so Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. So here's the question. Where will you spend eternity? Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now just think about the assurance, the comfort, the encouragement these men would have received upon hearing 
these words spoken by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Words that continue to ring true. In John chapter 6, many of Jesus' disciples were said to have went back and walked no more with him. And Jesus asked the question, will you also go away? Jesus, upon asking that question, was met by a very sobering statement, a statement made by the apostle Peter. Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? For you have the words of life eternal. Jesus has the words of life eternal. He has the key to life eternal. The question is, will we spend eternity in this beautiful place that is called heaven? Let me close by saying this. Peter in his book, in 1 Peter chapter 1, describes heaven as a place that is incorruptible. He said it is undefiled. It fades not away. He said it's reserved in heaven for you. Have you made your reservations? Many times before we take a trip, we make reservations. We make hotel reservations. We make accommodations for an automobile. We make reservations for travel by plane, etc. One day, you and I, we're going to cross Jordan. We're going to step out onto the plains of eternity. And the real question is, have we made preparation for that trip? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Luke records in Acts chapter 4 verse 12, Neither is there salvation in any other. There is no other name of the heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus is the way. Not only is he the way, he is the only way. What would you need to do? To make sure that you have before you this destination called heaven. Well, we said just a moment ago that the Lord said, except you believe that I'm he, you'll die in your sins. We have to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Was he a good man? Absolutely. Was he a great teacher? No question about that. Was he concerned about the poor, the downtrodden? We're not questioning that either. Jesus Christ was a very unique individual. But above all, he was the Son of God. Peter had it right. When Jesus asked that question in Caesarea Philippi, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? They said, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some, Jeremiah. Some, Elijah. But Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Do you believe Jesus is the Son of the living God? If you believe that, then would you be willing to repent of your sins? That is, to turn from a life of sin. To give up sin and unrighteousness. And then confess the name of Jesus before this assembly. And then you must be buried with him in, in a watery grave of baptism. We die to the love and the practice of sin. We rise to walk, as Paul said in Romans chapter 6, verse 4, in newness of life.
those who are in Christ, they are afforded a new start, a clean start. Is that appealing to you today? If you're here and you're not faithful to the cause of Christ, maybe your life is not what it should be. At one time you were baptized into Christ, but for whatever reason you left the church, you left the Lord. Then our plea to you would be, come home, come back. I think about the rich fellowship that we've enjoyed today. Peter talks about how we are people of like precious faith. What is that tie that binds us together? It's the Lord. And ultimately, one day, we hope to spend eternity together in that eternal, eternal abiding place called heaven. I'm reminded of the late Gus Nichols. Brother Gus Nichols was quite an individual. One of the, probably one of the greatest preachers of the 20th century. The story is told that as Brother Gus neared the end of his physical life here upon this earth, that he asked one of his sons and a friend to sit beside his bed and read to him about heaven one more time. He wanted to hear about heaven. One day you and I, we're going to step outside this physical veil of existence. And the only thing that really matters at that point in time, were we living for the Lord? I would hope and pray that you're living in such a way so that heaven will be your home. That there is an eternal abiding place that awaits you. Would you come as we stand and sing?